Hey everyone, we're going live right now. XO Live's coming to you. We have Jordan and Brittany with us on the show today, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We have been kind of almost give, giving ourselves a good warm-up discussion here that we're going to talk about later on, and, and I'm excited about the show today. And I'm excited about being here because we all were at the XO Conference the, two weeks ago for Valentine's Day weekend, and we experienced that together. I want them to because y'all had never been to a conference before. So no. this was this was your maiden voyage at the EXO yeah. conference. So I'm going to ask you some questions about that. But before we get there, if you're watching us uh, on YouTube, put in the chat where you're watching from. If you have any questions for us, we'll be answering those throughout the show. That's why we do this is so we can talk to you and get you included in the show. We can have a great conversation about what's on your mind, what's on your heart. I like to talk about things that are in the news or in, in the pop culture right now. We're not going to talk about... The Super Bowl's over. We're done. We're done with that. We're not talking about that. Valentine's Day's over. We can kind of get past we're all upset. of that. We're, we're, we're sort of getting over that. Super uh, Bowl? Yeah, the loss. Were you guys 49ers fans? No, I mean, like, kind I, of, yeah. I wouldn't say I was a 49ers fan, but I was... Anybody I'm rooting for ends up losing, so don't don't get my sports we teams. We were brought pretty fans. Yeah, I just thought oh. it'd be nice. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I can appreciate. I, I, yeah. I appreciate, like, yeah. even on his bye week, he goes back to the to the in-laws farm and oh. and like he was running a combine in the middle of nowhere Iowa boy. like I'm like who does that I know. Awesome. think there's only there's only 32 human beings on the planet <laughs> that can quarterback an NFL team and he's one of them so like you know I mean yeah. and I he love made his it to the big stage yeah I love his testimony because he was the last pick mm-hmm. in the draft mm-hmm. and he just it's like we use him as an example for our son just because um, he's in football too, but just the attitude of persevering, even you know yes. what people don't believe in you. So that's why I we like it. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Patrick day. Mahomes. I do. His, okay. media, his media day was fantastic. But we're not talking about we're that anymore. We're not talking about that. We're done. <laughs> so, but what I want to talk about today, we're going to talk about uh, the conference. We're going to talk about uh, taking showers together. Yes, we are. We're going to be talking about <laughs> are we going to run out of sperm in 2045? That's what I saw this on Instagram, so it must wow. be true. Yeah, it must be. Somebody said that. Uh, we're talking about fertility and the process of making babies, and I want to get into a deep discussion on that later on. But before we go there, we're going to talk about the Nelsons and uh, introduce you guys. Yeah. Tell, tell everyone um, a little bit of just a quick like overview of how you met, and then uh, you guys live in Dallas, I know, together, but your conference experience. So this was your first conference together. Just kind of just, y'all have been married for three years. Mm-hmm. That'll so be this, three years in September. So yep. th- yeah. this is coming up. So y'all have kind of a, a newer love story. So mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. They're newlyweds. Yeah. They're just, so we're still we're no longer newlyweds. I think we're still there. Is it five years? It feels like I we're still there. I think it's five years. And I feel like until we have kids, you're still kind of in that. that life feels fun yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So we, we actually met on Facebook. We, uh, backstory in like 2017. Mm-hmm. We matched on a dating app called Hinge. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the start of it. We never talked, we never connected, but we remembered each other's photos. And somewhere along the way, we had added each other on Facebook because we had a lot of mutual friends. And then the Lord plucked both of us up and moved us both to Fort Worth, you know, Mm -hmm. on our own terms. And I was just browsing on Facebook one day, and he popped up, and I was like, oh, he cute. He's <laughs> <laughs> very aggressive at that time. Yeah, you, and you, so... You went aggressive. I did the infamous, like, 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 yeah. like, and then I just wanted to throw my phone off a bridge and do a cliff because I was not that girl. <laughs> and sure enough, five minutes later, he's messaging me, and he says, do I know you? And I was like, no, but you could change that. <laughs> yeah, and we... Um, what was What was really intriguing is on our first coffee date, like, um, just the ability to connect um both had recently 
been fed up with dating and fed up with kind of the ways of the world and, and kind of, kind of one foot in one foot out on both being believers, but still willing to succumb to kind of the the peer pressure of the world, whether that's alcohol or premarital sex, like not really fully in. And prior to us meeting, we had both made that decision that the next person that we're with, we're going to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, it was like, she was kind of, she spearheaded the conversation. I was like, no way, me too. Like it was that, like, Mm. I'm, I'm not getting into something unless it's done the right way Mm -hmm. Uh, again. And it was like, no way me too. And so that's, that's Mm kind of how it started. And it's amazing how the Lord will bless that Mm -hmm. when you give him your entire relationship and dating, like he will bless that tenfold. I think we were both just at our wits end of like, we've done it incorrectly. Why not give it a chance to do it the way God has ordained it? And, And then here we are. Yeah, according so. yeah, to the phrase, uh, reweighting was the was the mm-hmm. term I saw, and I think that's important because I would say that even couples that get married and they have a divorce and they're going back on the dating scene, I've said this to Stephanie. I don't know how couples or how singles don't fall into that pattern again because once you've had sex, it's kind of difficult to sell yourself like, well, it's not that big of a deal. We've had mm-hmm. it. When you're a virgin. You're obviously there's a there's a moment where you can never go back. Yeah. Uh, but once you've had it, sometimes you don't feel like you can reverse it. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of go along with it, and the pressure is always there. Yeah. Tim Tebow, I don't know how he waited that long. <laughs> Come on. Tim's the man. He's yeah. a strong man. Yeah. yeah. But you, but the rewaiting actually brings to the surface. It, it encourages couples and individuals and singles out there to wait. Yeah. It's, it's okay to wait, even if you've come into the relationship with previous, you know. "Quote unquote body counts." Mm-hmm. Uh, who's quote? Yeah. Who am I quoting? "Quote unquote." Yeah. I'm and quoting. that's like the whole Gen Z term right now is body count. Oh, really? I'm like, oh, oh yes. Yeah, okay. so yeah. I'm not hip. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm just. That was pretty good. Tuned into the frequency of the world. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole. Well, I mean, especially like the the Snapchat world, the Smasher Pass world. You're just kind of trying to get with as many people as you possibly can yeah. because. The world is really, as a as a young man or young woman, at your at your fingertips, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so if you're really wanting to connect with a lot of people sexually, there's ways to do that. And I don't I don't understand this as much because women historically have been a little bit more shy about doing things like being the more aggressive mm-hmm. sexual Initiative. partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the girl, young girls nowadays are very sexually prone and active mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't say it's all, you know, just the, um, the full-on sex intercourse, but, you know, even oral sex and doing some other things at a young age, mm-hmm. it's almost like a rite of passage or, or a, the pressure is there, but also sometimes it feels like pornography is uh, also in, in, instilled yeah. into young girls' minds. Mm-hmm. So they see that as a, a part of their um, journey for sex and acceptance yeah. and relationship. So to re-weight... If you've been down a path, this is an important conversation because as you go along, you don't want to keep making the same mistake twice. How did y'all do that? It was hard. So it's interesting that he, he you struck on the pornography because that was my testimony. Like when I was young, I got exposed to things very early on and got addicted to that. And that kind of opens the door for sexual sin in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, my 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 transformation with the Lord was so radical in a moment that I just lost the taste for that. I was like, I don't, it broke my heart to think that I would be breaking his to Mm -hmm. dishonor him in that way. And I think that fear of the Lord 
like knowing that yes I could mess up and there's grace but like the conviction that waits on the other side of that mm-hmm. is not even worth going mm-hmm. there and it's that's not to say we were perfect I mean there's definitely you know like you said when when you've had sex before it makes it even harder to re-wait yeah. because you know what it's like you know how fun it is and when our society if, if I can yeah, share that yeah. part um our society has you know I think even even though we had both made that commitment, um, I think for her, she was still like her gratification and her um, her image essentially was was in that you know well if I if I can't please you know you then I'm I'm nothing, and so we had a during our dating phase we had a like a, a super heart to heart sit down of like hey, like your worth as a daughter of the king is like is in you know, is, is in him, not in, not in you gratifying me sexually. Mm -hmm. Like we're waiting, we're doing this. Like, so stop thinking that you're letting me down. The world wants to tell you, well, if he's not getting it from you, he's getting it from somewhere else. Like I felt from the, from the male perspective, we're, we're, I feel like, you know, they always say we're one track minded. Well, we're also, I think, especially if you have like a military background or if you're in sports, like you're committed to something like I can turn that off just as quick. Like, so for me, it was just a, it's not even an option mm-hmm. during our dating phase. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. But did it, you put protocols in place to make sure that it didn't happen? Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, and how long were y'all engaged? We were engaged. Uh, so we met and we, we met in July of 2020. We got, we started officially dating in September because I tried backpedaling so many times, <laughs> made him work for it. And then we actually got married on the same day the following year okay, that yeah. we so, started yeah. officially dating. So we were engaged for about four months, about, yeah. four or five yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, it was really short engagement. But even still, it's like even when you're dating. Yeah. It's, but then there's something about the engagement that also makes it even harder because you know, you're like, okay, right. this is my person. Like mm-hmm. we technically could because I know he's going to stick around, but you just, yeah. But we had See, a lot of See, for me, protocol. it made it easier. For me, like that engagement period, like I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I saw the I saw the the, yeah. the finish line, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'll, I just got to get there, mm-hmm. like, and it'll be so so beautiful. And yeah. so, yeah, we were able to finally do it right, and I feel like the Lord has blessed that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So, what what were your protocols? Yeah, so we we Would had you, lots of rules. Uh, no no kissing, laying down, which sounds so silly, but like. That's just a huge temptation. Laying on the couch, we weren't allowed to lay like, you know, spooning. We like laid feet to feet, (laughs) (laughs) which Mm -hmm. sounds so like middle school. But I mean, just even silly things like that. Um, no, like late night things. Those pillows that women (laughs) these days like love to have an exorbitant amount of pillows as decoration. They come in very handy when you're trying to wait for marriage (laughs) because you can absolutely build like a pillow fort between yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. For certain things. And just, just really, um, just really knowing that connecting, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. coming back and, and reminding each other why we're doing this and, and, and kind of checking in with each other, like, Hey, this is going to be good. You doing all right? And like, prayer too. Yeah, yeah, and, prayer and being prayerful huge. about like it. Anytime mm-hmm. things felt a little heated or if we started feeling like, you know, temptation was trying to enter in, we would stop and pray. And it's just amazing when you invite the Lord into that place, how it just breaks mm-hmm. and yeah. it feels so much easier, you know, because the Bible tells us that he will always provide a way out of temptation. Mm-hmm. And so it was always looking for that and, and just inviting yeah. him in. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. That's great. So we have people watching from Florida. 
and from Western Kentucky, from Cincinnati, Ohio, from Burleson, Texas. Texas people people watching today. And so thanks for watching. If you're out there, let us know if you have any questions. And if you if you hop on at any point and you want to ask um, a question, please feel free to do so. We'll get those answered. Uh, I want to start off talking about a couple of uh, things I found on Instagram. This this thing called Instagram. That's the that's the only <laughs> social platform I really kind of get on. I don't have TikTok. I don't I don't love Facebook anymore. I'm sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but your platform stinks. <laughs> and I just don't I don't find myself gravitating towards a, a lot of those, like Twitter, Announce yeah. X. I used to be on that, but I, I find that it has just too much toxicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this girl, uh, this first one um, I found was arrested for, a woman in Arizona was arrested after texting a guy 159,000 times after their first date. So and she's she's also texting I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean so if 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 there's a if there's a person out there and they're nervous about dating apps or they're nervous about going on dates, how do you how do you make sure that you can identify those red flags? And and another story that we brought up uh, on Exo Live before was about the couple that spent I think like seventy million dollars on their wedding, whatever that crazy amount was, wow. and he got arrested in Fort Worth uh, yeah. oh, for yes. shooting at, at an officer in Fort Worth. This yes. was a few months ago, remember? Really? I think or the the lawsuit or the something we saw it a few months ago. Yeah, there there was a wow. so before they got married for the wedding in Fort Worth, there was like a two a.m. fight that would, had broken out between the two of them in the driveway, and the cops were called because of a disturbance, a noise disturbance. Mm-hmm. And they showed up, and I think the guy pulled a gun on the cops, and I think shot at the wow. cops. And um, and then six months later, they had a seventy million dollar wedding in, in yeah. France, I think. And so oh like, my so I was I was just bringing up red flags, right? So you, you have this yeah. you have this idea where you're you're marrying somebody, mm-hmm. and they're going to get better over time. Of course, this is an extreme situation. You know, if a girl's texting you, I just <laughs> just kind of the. The, the sheer volume of that. I mean, yeah. put her to work somewhere, data entry or solving the problem. <laughs> She's committed to the process. <laughs> I mean, that's 159,000 times. That just blows my mind. I, I mean, like, I, I zero felt chill. obsessive zero. if I text him three times in a yeah. row. <laughs> I mean, there's rules. You know the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unspoken and spoken. There was actually a book about it not too long, or I don't know, it was how long ago it was, but it was actually called the rules and it's the rules of dating of like, you're not supposed to call right away. You have to wait one day. You don't answer on the first ring. You know, there's all these, these different rules that you have. So she clearly did not get that book. No, No, she didn't. Well now, you know, we've, we called each other on landlines. Uh, most of all, (laughs) Uh, I love that. And then, you know, of course technology is, you know, kind of come a long way, but now even the young Couples, they don't text each other. Yeah. They're like teenage couples, they snap each other. And wow. texting is sort of like this different. They do group chats and stuff. I know there's there's group text message threads and stuff, but in terms of like the interaction with, if you're going to like somebody and, and want to pursue them, you're snapping them more than you're sending them a text message. Yeah. That's, what I've, that's what I've heard from the, from the kiddos. Everything <laughs> is changing so fast. I know. Oh. And we even talked, that was kind of the, the pre-show conversation was like, I think technology is the worst thing for dating. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it just has to be, yeah. um, you know, you see even just, you know, some of our, we have some f- friends that are still single and, you know, it's their technology brings in the ability to have other options. You're not focused on getting to know someone, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, you, you can match with five different people just for mm-hmm. example at one time and you're getting to know so many different people. And it's like, 
one, I challenged a, a friend of ours recently to, to get to know, like, hey, pray into it, find who you're interested in and pursue that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then shelf everything else because I don't think you're giving your best to this situation. So technology is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think it's really, I think it's really tough these days. But it's not going away. So it's like, I don't know what's true. Know. I don't know what to do with, with this whole dynamic with kids because we have 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 16-year-old, and they are consumed with technology even in yeah. school. And it's like managing that's one of our greatest yeah. challenges as parents. It's never ending, never yeah. ending. Yeah. And the, the, the rules we have are chronically broken because, you know, kids just are tempted in different everything. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow. There's no software out there that they can't get around. That is for wow. sure. It's just, so it's a, it's a huge challenge. Yeah. It's a huge challenge. And yeah. Okay. And the next thing I want to talk about is 10 reasons you should shower daily with your spouse. Now, there's 10 reasons. <laughs> I'd, I'm just only ten. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> so this was uh, this ultimate intimacy app. Actually, I've I've, fo- I've started following them. They do a lot of of um, just sexual type of conversations for Christian couples. Saves water. So Saves water. yeah. So the ten <laughs> reasons you should shower daily with your spouse. <laughs> Meaningful conversations. Okay, it's romantic. Mm-hmm. Sensory stimulation. Bonding increases vulnerability initiates sexual intimacy, positive healthy benefits, it's playful and fun, relieves stress, saves water, and of course they do the Instagram uh, gotcha to read the captions, Uh, (laughs) but the last one is no distractions. I would say that's one of the most valuable ones because if you get in the the shower, you don't have a a cell phone or other distractions that that keep you from from connecting. I mean, we love showering together. I think everyone should do it more. For sure, I agree that's the that. bonus of getting married, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Oh, so my fun. one thing that I thought that could go on the list of reasons not to is you could get their hair wet and it is not hair washed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. That is we true. don't have to worry about yeah. that. No, Real I know they do. Things. Like yeah. you know, we're that, that's that's a that that can that could be detrimental to the marriage mm. if you if yeah. it's not hair wash day. That's yeah. why you, have, you need shower we've, caps. Yes, <laughs> we've learned to work around it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, my my shower. I have a weird OCD thing. So my shower has to like have a certain set of things and a certain length of time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of have to, even if I'm just standing there with the hot water, like I, I, I have a certain period of time. I feel like I'm not clean unless I'm in the shower for this period of time. I'm not like Kramer on Seinfeld. I'm not like <laughs> making salad, installing a disposal in the shower really so I can like, live there. Oh my gosh. But what? That's funny. <laughs> that, one of the best episodes. That's <laughs> yeah. such a good. Uh, so the I think there's a germaphobe episode where they were the, the putty was a germaphobe, yeah. and they had like this germaphobe like meeting, and they were like eating the salad, That's and Kramer amazing. was talking about how he made it in the shower, and so like this whole. <laughs> you're welcome, everyone, Seinfeld fans out there. But this this process of showering. So sometimes whenever she's got just she's on a hair wash day, she's in and out of the shower. So my, my comment is like, you know, stick around, hang out, we'll see what happens. She's like, no, I don't get my hair wet, to your point. I don't get my hair wet. Uh, and then the last thing I saw, which is, brings us to that, that uh, post I found, uh, that this lady was talking about, I don't, I don't know if this is um, legitimately a, uh, did I send that over to you? Taiwan, I don't know if I sent that one to you, but the, no, this is the last one. I, this is a $10,000 wedding cake. That is what? wild. Yeah, and he's, he's cutting the, the wedding cake is with... That, is it lit up? Oh, it's probably... That's not from the inside. A samurai like sword. That looks like a diamond-encrusted samurai sword. What? And I just... 
Wow. What I happens wonder, if that tips over? Right? I know. I wonder I the, mean, it doesn't look it's very wobble stable. the process. I mean, obviously $10,000 at a wedding is, is, is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to find this article too um, while we're talking here because I, I wanted to send it over to Taiwan to put it up there. Wow. And um, Yeah, I would be so upset if that tipped over. <laughs> the, cr- I mean, the crazy things that people spend their money on. It's just, that's it's just my Look at the flowers mind. behind it on the ceiling. Well, and even her whole dress is like, I mean, I mean, her dress is beautiful, but it's like all decked out with, in his shirt. Wow. I, I don't mean to be cliche. Is it bad to wonder what they could do? Like I always, when I see stuff like this, I look and I see, and I'm not trying to go the, the holier than thou route, but I'm like, <laughs> The good they could do for the kingdom with that with a ten thousand dollar wedding cake. The people that they could feed underneath the bridges in Dallas with what their wedding cake like. Yeah, Yeah. I'm just like wow. Well, you you don't get me on this rabbit trail because I I I would say that just generally speaking, as an investment Mm -hmm. with the divorce rate in America, the amount of money people spend on weddings versus what a lot of people are willing to lose at the end of the day whenever they get divorced. They, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these weddings. And, and then we talked about this on a show recently, which is uh, there was divorce parties, people oh, throwing yeah. divorce parties, mm-hmm. divorce celebrations. Yes. Those are a thing. Oh, well, yeah. A, it, and some of the companies that were partnering with them, like Evite and stuff like that, what? are... Um, creating templates. Yeah, creating templates, oh, templates for the parties that you can send out. Yeah. And, um, it's, but just socially wild. speaking, if, if I'm getting invited to a wedding... And then I'm getting invited to a divorce party, and then I'm getting invited to their new wedding. I'm a, <laughs> I'm yeah. a little tapped out. Yeah, yeah. And we're wondering how many for gifts all those you have to buy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. get your life together. Here's yeah. Yeah. here's yeah. a Tony Robbins seminar. Like, <laughs> exactly. Let's go, <laughs> let's go figure yeah. your, your choices chat. before we yeah yes. we yeah. have another party. Can celebrating. we gift that new marriage XO conference tickets? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's purely because I'm tired of buying you gifts like for all of your bad life decisions. Yeah, yeah. I feel I get you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this last one, I wanted to put this up there from Instagram. This is what I was looking for. Um, so this this lady was saying that uh, she, this is the one that says she feels like it's every year sperm counts are going down 2% in men. Hmm. And she was saying that in 2045, um, this is talking about vaping too, um, mm. vaping has an effect on, on sperm health. So young people are vaping and it's, wow. it's causing decline. And so this Dr. Shauna Swan, she is a population epidemiologist, and she's been looking at the decline in sperm count since the 19-something, what'd she say? Sperm is declining 2% every single year. ...suggests that we are going to be out of sperm by 2045. Wow. And, you, and so I'm fascinated to ask the question, but why? Why is men's sperm count dropping Mm -hmm. and also why are more women experiencing uh, more fertility struggles and you have to look into environmental factors diet and lifestyle they looked at wow so i think that brings us to a great point in the conversation because i wanted to talk about this this is a huge issue in our society massive and we have a story that we haven't told really publicly maybe we have talked about it briefly but when we started trying to have kids, uh, we got married when I was 20. And so we were newly married and kind of just had a season of life where we just enjoyed time together. And then around 25-ish, 26-ish, we started talking 27. about... 
yeah, we started talking about having kids and we started actively trying when I was 26, 27. And um, first year, nothing, second year, nothing, third year, nothing. And, you know, we were actively trying. So it was one of those seasons where we had a lot of young married couple friends and they were like, yeah, we're going to start trying in September and October. Ooh, hey, we're pregnant. pregnant. You know, yeah. it's like this moments. And so there's just this chronic cycle of us trying to bring life into the world, but just being frustrated because every month was a disappointment. And so at some point I went and saw a urologist, um, Dr. Schwong. <laughs> That's my doctor. That's crazy. Really? Seriously? We hadn't even talked about this. Oh, yes. God. Urologist, Dr. Yes. Schwong? Wow. Yes. So that that's yeah. wild. Cool. The He's joys of live YouTubing. We didn't yeah. we hadn't even talked about that. Uh, yeah. And so I mean, what else was he gonna be? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, went to him, you know, did did the test. Uh, you know, my, my sperm count was not great. You know, some there's there's once you get into that whole rabbit trail fertility, you start to learn the 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 shape of the sperm and the, the quantity of it. All of it was was Important. a factor. It wasn't a no, but it wasn't helping. And then for her, she she had some things that she was kind of, you know, walking down a, tra a trail of that I don't want to share unless you want me to share. But we went and saw a doctor, Dr. Lee, and she was, a, she was a fertility expert in Dallas. And she was talking to us about this whole dynamic of fertility issues because she specialized in that. So she saw many, many couples. Yeah. And she said something to me that kind of started to just eat at my head. It still does to this day. She said, at some point in the 60s and 70s, something was, something was introduced into our society environmentally that has affected sperm counts and fertility issues in women. Wow. She said, we don't know what it is. She said, my job is just to elevate the percentage of chance of getting pregnant. But there's something attacking that, that yeah. um, ability. And whether it's diet or pesticides or Wi-Fi or you know, uh, stress, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it could be a myriad of things, microwave ovens or, mm -hmm. you know, cell phones in your pocket. You know, you start to kind of wonder what's happening, but people still get pregnant, of course. So you're just wondering what's going on. And the, the aha moment for us was, for me especially, she said, there are people that come into our office that should never get pregnant and they do. And there are people that come in our office that should get pregnant and they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a percentage thing for them. They're just trying to elevate the percentages. And at that point, I was just sort of going what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. we're, we've been trying for three and a half years to have a baby mm -hmm. and it kind of, it produced a crossroads for us. And so that was, uh, our daughter now is 16. So of course we did get pregnant um, at some point. Then, so she was, she was born in 2007 and then it took us another three years of trying to have our son read. Mm -hmm. And then I always tell people that we weren't even trying for a third. I didn't even, I think that month, we were together we like a couple up. of times and it wasn't that great. It wasn't my best performance. Uh, so I told Stephanie, I was like, I don't know how to have babies. I'm, I suck at this. Because when I really tried, I mean, I was coming home from lunch breaks. Yeah. It was, I was committed to the process. And at that point in time, sex just becomes a chore. Yeah. I love you, but it was like, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And that was the frustrating thing through all of this is that we were one of those couples that there was nothing wrong with us yeah. after we went through all of the testing and stuff. And so you realize through that process, or at least I did through all of that is that it's really, there's nothing that you can do. I mean, God is sovereign and he's the only one that can create life. Yeah. Doctors can't create life. We can do our part to increase our chances, but 
at the end of the day, you can only do what you can only do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So speak to, in y'all's story, because I know it's, you put it publicly on Instagram, mm-hmm. kind of the, the walk and the, the, the journey you've been on. But speak to the heart of what's happening right now with couples that you know, individuals that you know, that are struggling in this area. And then personally for y'all, kind of what's brought you hope, what's brought you pain. And so I think a lot of ministry comes from that journey. People understand they're not alone. Yeah. And when you're willing, you're courageous to share. I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're willing to do that, I think you don't realize that a lot of people are like, I needed to hear that. I needed to know I wasn't alone. And that, that journey that you're, that you're on, people can pray for you and believe something special. And um, whatever you're willing to share, uh, please share. But also just speaking to the um, study that was shown about sperm counts, just, just knowing that in our society, it's, it's, it's a massive epidemic. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, we've had this conversation privately of like, there's got to be something that's causing this because we know it's not just us. I mean, when we finally worked up the courage, or I guess me, because you don't have social media, worked up the courage to share our struggle with this, um, you just see how many people are like us too, mm-hmm. me too. We're going mm-hmm. through this as well. We've been going through this for two years, five years, seven years. And yeah, there's got to be something, whether, like you said, whether it's our food, pesticides, mm-hmm. something in the air, something, our phones, Bluetooth, like you just, you don't know, but it just, it, it's frustrating when, like we were talking about before we started this, when you're doing everything right, you've honored the Lord with your dating, you've honored the Lord with your marriage, you waited to have sex until marriage. And then you get to the flip side of the altar and you're in marriage and you're in the thick of it and you're like, okay, we're ready to start trying and the first month goes by and you're okay. You're like, okay, it's one month. And then month two, month three, month four, and you're like, okay, why is it taking so long? And then now we are two and a half years into this and we're in the thick of all these fertility appointments and you just never think it's going to be you. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to tell people that one thing I've realized is that if this is our cross to carry and this is our burden to bear in this season to be a witness that the joy of the Lord is tangible and his love is unshakable and and that we can walk through these trials with that smile on our face and his joy in our heart, even when it's hard, even when there's tears running down our face because we don't understand and we don't know why God's doing this, then so be it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's given us the strength and there have been a lot of hard times, a lot of, a lot of tears. I mean, you guys know you walked this out and Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of seasons of questioning God, why, like, why, why us, Mm -hmm. you know, we have so much love to give as a husband and a wife to a future child. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense now, but we, we believe that it will one day. And, um, yeah, do you want to speak to a little bit of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I think we're at the point where I think both of us have embraced that even no matter what the doctor says, no matter what report we get, um, I think that we've, we're in the position to, um, I I believe that we're going to be parents and I believe Mm. that we're going to have our own children and it's going to be, even if the worst, the worst of the worst diagnosis, um, I think that it's going to be so bad that only God can get the glory. Mm. Like there should have been no other reason. There's that we we know what, whatever the diagnosis is, whatever the doctor says, I think we're going to be positioned to where it's just, it it's a God thing. Mm. Um, Mm. which is, which is, um, not always easy in what, when you're walking through it, but ultimately like, I think we both have settled that, okay, like we can walk through, 
um, the difficult times together, um, knowing that ultimately God's going to get the glory. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been my prayer too, is like, Lord, I, we want a story that only he can get glory for, you know, cause it's just, it, for us, it's been very humbling because we're both very type A people. Mm-hmm. I'm very like, okay, I want something. I'm going to go get it. And he's the same way. And this is the one thing you can't just make yeah. it happen. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't do that. Like you said, God is the creator of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's been very humbling um, for us. And we we have been pregnant. We So month six of after we got married, um, I had a chemical pregnancy, which mm-hmm. didn't even know what that was until mm-hmm. I went to the doctor and they confirmed. And then, um, so that was, it, it was hard, but it wasn't like, I never, you know, we never saw the heartbeat. We never saw the ultrasound. It was very, very short. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of grieved that, but then we were like, okay, let's like keep trying. We got pregnant again, six months later. Mm-hmm. And that was with our little Hazel Grace, mm-hmm. um, we got to see her heartbeat. We saw the ultrasound. We were about to announce, you know, on Instagram mm-hmm. and I miscarried. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that kind of made it even harder because mm-hmm. it was like, Lord, we were so close. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. And then to go from that to now, it's been what, a year and a half mm-hmm. of yeah. us, no preg- no positive pregnancy tests, nothing, mm-hmm. no answers until the last couple of weeks. Yeah. We've finally gotten some answers as to like what's going on. And that almost felt cruel, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I've processed all of this with the Lord. And, and I truly believe that on this side of heaven, we won't know the answers to everything. Mm-hmm. And, and who are we to say that we're going to know the answers on the other side? Like we're going to be in his glory, right? Yeah. Like that's all that matters. And so, yeah, we... We don't understand why that happened, but we've we have two babies in heaven, mm-hmm. so we're just believing that at some point we're gonna have Earthside babies too. Yeah, and I think you were talking to it's uh, it's I, I don't know why. Maybe you guys can speak to this. Why it's been such a the fertility side has been such a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so many couples going through it. Yeah. So many couples have that story, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I don't know if it's um, you know. Um, I don't know. I I, I, just, I don't know why it's been hasn't been more spoken of. It's it's yeah. um, there, there's a lot of couples. Even just at the EXO conference, there mm-hmm. was. I mean, you guys talked of numerous couples. Um, some of the couples that we had an opportunity to get to know, they had experienced uh, an infertility journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to the study portion, I mean, it. I think there's absolutely a correlation into our food, into something that we've been something that we have, that has been introduced into our, either our diet or exposure, um, has been a decline, uh, you know, in that, um, somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough, there's an interesting, I don't know. And maybe you can speak to it, Brent, like the, from a male perspective, mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting, yeah. like, it's an interesting road to hoe mm-hmm. like because you've got the you've got the dynamics of you know like like you mentioned you know the sex becomes work mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of the fun and the enjoyment out of it um just being so regimented in it and it doesn't feel natural it feels forced it feels you know hey we've got to perform I, I made the mistake throughout our first portion of our journey of reading an article <laughs> about what what actually conception looks like from a from a sperm perspective mm-hmm. and they were like it's like running a full marathon and playing the world series and the super bowl at the end mm-hmm. and i'm like 
I'm over here down there like, you know, come on, little guys. Like, you can do it. Like, I'm giving pep talks over here. But, like, yeah. um, I think that's the thing is that you feel a little bit humiliated, a little bit less than, or, like, yeah. you're not the guy that is, is providing everything that your your wife needs. I mean, and I would say the flip side is also there. There's a lot of women that are are barren or feel yeah. like they're they're the problem. Some women, uh, endometriosis, and, and there's other factors that can lead to you know, um, their reproductive system not being able to provide the chance for life. And so I think on both sides, it's challenging a woman who gets their, not their entire self-worth, but a lot of their self-worth from being able to produce children, produce life, to become a mother. Yeah. That's devastating. Yeah. And for, I think, a husband, the same way, or for a man, it's like, if I can't procreate, then, you know, what is my purpose on this mm-hmm. planet? Am I just a, am I just a worker bee? And, and, yeah. and how do I provide a sense of like legacy and lineage like my forefathers did yeah. if I can't get, get there? And so you, and you start to compare yourself with all these people that just, just popping out kids right and left. And it's like, what's wrong with me? If this guy, you know, who's just a, an accountant at <laughs> some, some you know, random company can have eight kids why can't I? I feel like, you know, I'm just as committed to the process. And what I told this couple, this couple, well, this one couple I talked to at the conference, they were so heartbroken, very, very, very um, just demoralized. And something at the conference had it, had discouraged them, but then something at the com- conference had encouraged them. Wow. So you could just tell there's this roller coaster they were on about the, the whole dynamic. And I, and I had this belief in me to share this with them. I don't know that it's, I couldn't say it's like, thus saith the Lord. And I, and I told them, I said, I'm not prophesying over you guys because that's not my role here. I'm not, I don't want to affect your brain. But I just have a hard time processing a God that gives you desire without the ability to like, get, yeah. get yourself into a situation where you can have a family, have children. Chelsea Handler just was on the whatever show she was on talking about how amazing her life is being kid-free, mm. right? So she's got, like this amazing life of like, hey, when I wake up, I wake up at 12.30 you know, p.m. and I don't have anything to do. I can just go do whatever I want to do. And she was making light of the fact that she doesn't have kids because she doesn't want them. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's people out there that don't want kids. But if you want, it, if you want children, if you want a family, I, I just have a really hard, and in your committed believer, hard time understanding how God would... Um, now, the journey may be different, but it, and it may not be immediate, and it may not look exactly the way you planned, but I do think that there's a family at some point that's going to be realized. I just don't, I just don't think, if you're willing to take the chance and the risk, there's some people, we talked about this with singles, they won't even take the first step. Yeah. And this conversation, I'm hoping that people will take a step towards Dr. Schwong and you know, <laughs> fertility doctors. And what yeah. tripped us up was... And it was really a, a, an educational process for me because another friend of mine who was at the time was, um, they, they had a baby, but they, they, got, they got the life through IVF. Mm-hmm. And when we were going down our journey, I was just talking to him, trying to get some encouragement. And I said, we don't want to do IVF because of the controversy. He goes, he goes, how dare you? He said, human beings are so arrogant. They are so arrogant to think that they can create life. Wow. There's... There's no ability. If, if God is the creator of life and you think that through your actions you can create life. And I said, well, what about, you know, uh, embryos being discarded? And that's, he said, again, what, what are we doing here? Like if, if God's going to use IVF or whatever it is, only he can bring life. And if, and if, you're, if, you're, 
going to challenge him on that subject, he's going to give life through whatever means he wants to. Yeah. Um, they have a beautiful baby boy at the time. He's probably grown up now. But they had a beautiful baby boy that was a result of IVF. Yeah. So are you telling them they sinned by going through that process? I don't, I don't know that I have the ability in my life, and I would just, I would just give a warning to anyone that felt like they could get on that high horse and judge people who do that because, yeah. again, a teenage out-of-wedlock pregnancy sometimes is more accepted than an IVF yeah. pregnancy from two committed Christian couples. And that blows my mind that people can get so tripped up on techno technological advances just because they think that the embryos should be treated a certain way and that they, they, the, the conversation ends up becoming less just like abortion. You're, you're, you're forming these embryos that could give life to them, mm -hmm. but you're never giving them the chance for life. Well, that's the same thing as saying, like, you know, you, you use contraceptive. I mean, you're, you're giving yourself this... You're keeping life. Yeah, you're yeah. keeping life from happening by, by contraception. And, um, you know... Is that sin? Is that sin? Yeah. Well, Catholics think it is. Yeah. And I don't, so you just... My point, though, is, is that your heart is good and you want the same thing. And I, I just believe that for every couple out there listening, I just think there's an opportunity to maybe change the way you think about things. Don't let somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about tell you something that's going to keep you from life. Yes. And Try I would say also to, to add to that, to anyone out there struggling with it, don't listen to those voices because unless they have walked that journey themselves, mm -hmm. they have no idea what that is like and the questions that you have and the doubts that you have and the, the pure desire that you have for a family. And so if those people, quote unquote, Christian voices that are, you know, out there, I would just encourage you not to listen to them because it's something personal for, for me, for us at least. God revealed exactly who he is yeah. through that process. And mm -hmm. I have no doubt and I have no questions about it at all. And I only know that because I walk that journey. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage anyone out there to... How, to long, how long has IVF been around? I think um, I don't, I'm not going to be the expert on that. I don't but know either. At the time, I'm, I'm starting to think, but it's like it's been. It, if it hasn't already, we're we're at the threshold where some some pastor out there was was brought into this world via IVF, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who is leading people okay. to Christ. Yeah. Like was that? I, I think that that answers everything for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. is I mean is like. Are, are, are folks who were conceived via IVF, are they never going to impact the kingdom? Or they, yeah. there's a plan and a purpose for their life. Mm -hmm. And they're out there leading people to, you know, to glory and, mm -hmm. and to, to leading them to Jesus. Like, I'm good with it. That's mm -hmm. a good like, point. you know, like yeah. that, there's, there's got to be a pastor or a missionary or, or just, just even some, I mean, I think we know several people that are believers who were mm -hmm. conceived via IVF. Like, I mean, then... I think that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and then the multiples. There's there was a season where a lot, a lot of uh, couples were getting uh, like John Kate plus eight were having multiples <laughs> yeah. because of uh, fertility treatments, and so we did uh, certain rounds of fertility. IVF was the next stop. Uh, we had just taken a break uh, mm -hmm. during during the season because we were just totally tapped out. We just I didn't have any energy towards it anymore. We were both frustrated, and God did have sort of a a moment where He allowed us to process things, and so. It brought us closer together, but it was, it was tough. This couple at the conference, I said to him, I said, there's an island you live on. We lived on it. And the challenging thing is once you get off the island, 
you forget about the people on the island. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's, there's couples out there struggling still with fertility. Yeah. And so once you have, obviously we have children now, you, 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 can't, you can't always remember that there are still people out there that, that feel trapped, they yeah. feel alone, they feel lonely. But once you have babies, you kind of go, enjoy the time on the island, we're out of here, yeah. peace out. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels insensitive. And this, this girl said to me, this woman at the conference said to me, she said, I feel the same way with singles out there. She said, I was single for a long time. She said, I finally got married. And when I left the single island, she said, I still have single friends. I try to purposely call them, encourage them, let them know, you know, I still believe for a spouse for you. Because you can get real selfish real quick. Yeah. Once your needs are met, you can move on. And you forget that there's a whole bunch of people that are still in that monthly uh, it's it's hell. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, if you want a child, and that's that's your moment in time where you know it's it's pastor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, start over, and then the period starts, and you're like, all that work, yeah. all those shots, <laughs> all, yeah. that, all that all, the, all that donation into yes. the cup for the guys to, yeah. you know, assemble in the <laughs> clinical labs. It's that's humiliating, yeah. and the, and those those clinical labs for guys at least for me. Uh, I'll get real, 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 real raw. You have to produce specimen in a cup in a like office environment, basically, <laughs> with no lubricant. You can't use lube, and if, no, no vaginal anything, no saliva. Your spouse can be with you, but I told her I was like, "This is awkward. I can't have you in the room. I don't know what you're going to do in here." Same, same, <laughs> same. Yeah, and. And you can't, they provide you pornography, but of course that's not something we would do. So you can't watch pornography. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yep. So it's the most. And then you've got to produce high quality. High quality, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pressure. Yeah, there's yeah. supposed to be volume and, the, the, and uh, yeah. consistency. The, the recliner so... in that room is traumatizing yes. in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, well, Just, don't touch it. And again, TMI, but you can hear other dudes going into the other rooms around you. And uh, you're all like in this room. I'm not saying, it's not yeah. comparing it to child birth. I'm not saying it's that. <laughs> two separate things. Yes. two separate things. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, is that it's a very, very, if, if you're going down that road, you're, you're doing it against your, your desire for fun, excitement. It's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. So there is, if, if you put the work in, I do believe there's, there's an opportunity for your chances to increase, but I also believe God has to be a part of that. Yeah. So being prayerful about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And uh, anything else y'all would say about that on that topic? Yeah, well, that's like where we're at right now. You know, we're at a, we're at a crossroads. We just started going to the fertility appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first one was almost a month ago now. Yep. And then you've been going to the, in, indo- how do you say it? Endocrinologist? No, uh, no, urologist. Urologist, yeah. just kidding. Um, <laughs> and he just had his appointment last week for that. And it's, you know, again, you don't think it's ever going to be you. Mm -hmm. And then when it is, and you're faced with, you know, the doctor saying, okay, adoption, IUI or IVF are your options, because I just don't see this happening naturally. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I I know I serve a God who's good. And I know that like, he wants us to have kids. Cause like you said, he gave us this desire to be parents, but these are our options. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the road we're walking down now. Um, of just like, which, which, which one we want to go down. Right. And I, I also believe that we're, we actually have started the adoption process. We're starting all the paperwork. It's, it is a process. Mm-hmm. It's a whole yeah. lengthy one, but we do feel called to that, but we also know that we want to conceive. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we're left with IUI mm-hmm. and IVF as our choices. And it's, 
it's been hard because it's yeah. you just you never think it'll be you. Mm-hmm. Your uh, your analogy of the island is spot on. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's so yeah. that's so that, that that spoke to me. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even just even just referencing like the being on on singles island. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a friend you know just coming off of, of Valentine's Day like. In our in our core friend group, there's like five or six couples, and then there's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a gal that's just searching for you know the right thing that the Lord has for. Her. Mm-hmm. And so even like on Valentine's Day night, like we broke off and went and took her a piece of our cake that we had and and some flowers. She was working that day, mm-hmm. um, just to love on her, to yeah. let her know that you know. Even though we're off the island, we haven't forgotten about yeah, her. It's yeah. But that spoke yeah. to me so much about the fertility side. Like you see these, you see your friends, you see your, you know, and, and, and as a man, you're like, it's exactly what you said. Like my buddies are having kids left and right. I, am I lesser because I can't produce, mm-hmm. you know, a child? Um, and so it really refocusing and going back to your identity in Christ is, is I think, it's the only thing that's gotten me through it. Yeah, yeah. that's um, true. And, you know, and, and, and we're not done and he's not done. Mm-hmm. And so um, just really holding on to that promise and, and hoping, you know, one way or the other, we're going to be parents. And, and not to over-spiritualize, but I think that this, you know, our journey is, is an attack uh, because we are going to raise children in the word, knowing him yeah. in church, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, I think that the fertility side is, is a little bit, um, a part, a portion of what is the attack on the nuclear family, yeah. um, like in, in our in our country right sure. now, like yeah. not being able to produce children, and and then you go down that road. So um, the island just really spoke to me mm-hmm. because we we do have we see it all the time. We see you know especially mm-hmm. with her social media, you know, hey, did you hear about so and so? You know, I I don't have social media, so she'll tell me, and and when she says it, I can see the. You're a genius, by the way. I don't, know, I don't know how you have been able to keep off social media, but whatever you've done, yeah. I just, huh? Yeah. Not always. True. I just, I just made a, a conscious choice a couple of years ago yeah. and, and, um, but yeah, it's, we see that like, you know, and I, and I can see it on her. She says it, we're, we're happy for our friends. Mm. We're, we're, we truly are, but I can see the little piece it's, yeah. of her that's it's hard even talk, even sharing the news with me yeah. of a couple. Because it's not pregnant. just the announcement. Then it's just yeah. an inundation of, of all the imagery and all the celebrations, yeah. and you're just you're invited to things, and you're supposed to be there with a happy face, going, "Yay, I'm so happy for you!" Yeah. But deep down, you're just like, "Why God? Why hasn't this happened for us? I I don't understand why they they get the reward, yeah. but I am left in this in this miserable space of just." not knowing what to do. I mean, the, the whole storyline of, of life, you know, and, and this is all with movies too, sometimes you're in that second act, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and, the, and any kind of storyline, second act is whenever typically, you know, you're, you're faced with your, your greatest challenges and the, and the heroes typically, you know, uh, going to be faced with near death and then they, re, they resurface and they yeah. come back and there's a, there's a heroic tale. It's in like the, the story. Oh, sorry. In the third chapter. No, in the third act, it's typically when it all comes back. So you never know yeah. where you are on the storylines. And so it's hard when you're in that second act and you're like, everything is 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 going to pot. You know, the the mm-hmm. I'm trapped in quicksand, you know, I can't get out, and you don't know if somebody's gonna save you. And um, and that's that's what's so hard in this in this season. You can't see the future, but we serve a God that can. Yeah. You're hopeful, but you don't know. So all you can do is stay in the worst day ground and keep fellowship with people who encourage you and not give up. That's the, that a lot of people give up. Mm-hmm. Just don't give up. Yeah. Well, it's like the story of Sarah in, in the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and 
um, I just, I always cling to that because there was Leah and Sarah and Jacob and Sarah wanted a child so badly. And then she just kept watching Leah have kid after kid Mm -hmm. after kid. Mm -hmm. And she felt like the Lord had forgotten her. Mm -hmm. And then it says that God saw her and opened her womb. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say why it took so long. Like, did God forget her? He he obviously didn't, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I always just cling to that. My little ongoing joke with the Lord is like, Lord, just don't make me wait till I'm 90, please. Like, (laughs) I do not want to be that old. But I do believe that you know, he knows the desires in our heart and, and the desire, kind of like you said, the desire to have kids is of God. Mm -hmm. Like the family unit is, is God's desire for us. He, he put us on this earth to be fruitful and multiply. And so I I do believe that, you know, for anyone that's listening and watching that feels discouraged, like Mm -hmm. he, he hasn't forgotten. And, but yeah, it is, it's, it's that wrestle of like getting the announcement from someone and you're happy for them but you're also crushed at the same time. And it's learning to walk in that balance of like, I can grieve and also walk with joy, you mm. know? And yeah. I think it's too in that you, you also, and I had to do this myself is because we literally watched all of our friends have kids <laughs> before we did. We, we, other than one other couple, the couple that I told y'all about, um, we were the last ones in our friend group. And th- there just came a point where I had to take a step back from all of that. I couldn't go to any more baby showers. Yeah. And I, I just had to just not, not have that so in my face at, mm-hmm. at the time. And so I think that's okay. You yeah. know, if you're walking through something, you don't have to. It doesn't mean that you're not happy for them, that you're not celebrating yeah. them. Just in this season, you have to take a step back and protect your heart, your mind. And so... I would just, you know, encourage you that anybody out there that, um, that that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not celebrating them and it's not anything that represents your spirituality or your connection with God. Yeah. It's just something mm-hmm. that you, you have to do. You have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was me after the miscarriage. There yeah. were, uh, there were some baby showers we got invited to mm-hmm. shortly after that. And I was just like, I, I, the best way to love them right now is to love them from afar mm-hmm. because I know that if I walk into that situation, I'm going to start crying yeah. mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't want the, atten- you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, it. sometimes it is. I, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's better to just, you know, send them that text or mm-hmm. write them a card from afar and, mm-hmm. you know, something heartfelt, yeah. but sometimes it is the best thing is to just remove yourself mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much grace for that. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jordan? No, I just, I just love that. Um, you know, I would say, We've had some external noise in our marriage, but I think that the, the most trying thing um, in our young marriage has been our infertility journey. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thankful that you guys are tackling um, and talking about the infertility because um, I know this resonates. And we were we yeah. were chatting about this before. You know, why are pe- why are why aren't people talking about this mm-hmm. more? Um, and I don't know why it's been such a taboo subject. Um, and like you, you know, you were talking about some people have different thoughts on IVF and all this stuff. And, and I think it's something that, that it's, it's, I think it fits into XO speaking and loving into marriages because this has been one of the toughest challenges of our marriage, of our young marriage. Um, just because it's, you know, one of the things that's really tough for me is like, I don't just want generational curses to die with me. Mm-hmm. I want to reverse them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want I want my children to, to. Um, it's not good enough for me to let them just stop with me. Mm-hmm. I want them mm-hmm. to be completely one eighty reversed in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with with just a, you know comes back to 
Um, and I'm, and you can ask Brittany, I'm, I'm not the over spiritualization guy, uh, <laughs> but I, I truly think that it's just, you know, it's, it's the enemy's not going to win mm-hmm. and, and, you know, one way or the other, we're going to be kids and we're going to raise those kids in the kingdom with a kingdom mindset and, 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 and to love and to know the Lord. And, and, you know, I love that saying of like, um, well, I, I lost that saying I'm not made for life. <laughs> we were watching, so this is my hot sports take on the whole thing. Okay. We were watching Super Size Me this weekend with our kids. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? What was that look uh, for? I, I was, you said hot sports take. <laughs> well, that's just like, you know, like that's a saying about, you know, okay. when you're talking about sports, whatever. I, I don't know. I got your I'm reference. Not, I, I think the gentleman ESPN. listening got your reference. Okay. So we watched Super Size Me this weekend. It was on our boys had never seen it. So we were watching this. And Morgan Spurlock, you know, this is his famous documentary. He goes on this journey of, of trying to eat McDonald's every meal for 30 days straight. And he documents the whole thing. He has to try everything on the menu. And if they ask him to supersize it, he has to supersize it. And so he's, he's uh, going to these medical doctors up front, getting all of his tests and diagnosis of his health status. He was uh, dating a girl that was a vegan chef. And so his diet was immaculate before this. He was super healthy within the weight. He should be his cholesterol. All of his levels were great. Starts, starts eating McDonald's every day for 30 days. And you just watch his body just go from healthy and vibrant to he's depressed. He's, um, you know, experiencing these, he can, he can, he can feel the chemicals in his body. And, and I wouldn't just say McDonald's, but I was watching something about Chick-fil-A today versus Popeye's and the ingredients, there's like 50 ingredients in a Chick-fil-A sandwich and 40 of those are man-made ingredients. And so there's this desire for fast food to keep you coming back for it, but because it's so low quality and so inexpensive, that's why people eat it. They don't put a lot of good, good um, things into it. It's all man-made. And so you, if if I'm if I'm taking a, a, a guess, that's my hot sports take. Is just me taking a flyer of just like saying if I was going to say anything about what's happening in society. They mentioned vaping on that show, uh, that Instagram post. But I would say our diet is got to be leading to our bodies, our chemical imbalance yeah. of, you know, whenever you're just consistently having stuff in your body that's not producing the best, that you end up feeling bad and, you're, and your levels are off and you, and you kind of deteriorate. And you don't realize how bad you're eating until you start eating well. Mm-hmm. And for, for me personally, I know my diet, even though I was active, it was not about weight for me because I've, I've always been... Uh, you know, it, within balance on my weight. But in terms of how I felt, I was eating just crap all the time. Yeah. And I, I still eat crap because I <laughs> had pizza last night. It's my cream. And I'm lactose intolerant. So that's a Sunday yes. tradition. Yeah. That's, how, that's all right. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can, you can reward yourself. But I'm just saying there are some people out there that their diet is just consistently, it's just grab and go. Like, what are you getting yeah. f- from that? Um, and so I think that there are environmental factors, but I think if we just kind of paid attention to what's happening in our society from a, from a health perspective, the introduction of, of uh, MSG, uh, processed foods, you know, even pesticides mm-hmm. in the foods, you could be eating apples. Yeah. And if they're covered in some sort of junk, you don't know what that's doing to your body. So it's just interesting to me how we live our lives every day. And the way we feel sometimes is just what we, we just take it. Like, that's just the way we're going to feel. Yeah. That, that's just 
that's how you're supposed to feel. But then you start changing your diet and you realize, oh, I don't have to feel that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so good. So uh, when we got pregnant with Hazel, the one that went mm -hmm. longer, um, I had felt convicted about 30 days previous to me actually conceiving the Lord started convicting me heavily over the coffee creamer I was using mm. and the oils in like peanut butters we were eating and the caffeine that I was, I was drinking like three, four cups a day, completely unfazed, like didn't feel a thing. And so I was like, I mean, it's just every time I drink a cup of coffee or I ate those foods, like the conviction was just so heavy. Mm. And I was like, I mean, I guess I'll give this up, God. Like, is this you or is this like my flesh? Cause I have like some health background and, um, gave it up 30 days later, got pregnant and removed all oils like soybean oil, canola oil, safflower oil, all of those things from my diet fully, gave up caffeine, gave up those coffee creamers and got pregnant. And mm. wow. whether it was, you know, that obedience that God blessed or it was, I don't know. But all I know is that we've been on a journey to completely remove as many of those things from our diet wow. and we feel tenfold so much better. And it's like, okay, maybe this is you know, maybe this, you know, because it's years of, of eating those things that have oh. maybe led to infertility. And yeah. 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 I, I, I think that the, the uh, you can't, that's a double negative, you can't not draw a correlation. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's it, it, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I wish I would have paid attention to what, you know, it's when you're younger, you're always like, oh, I can outwork a bad diet. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. your metabolism is on your side, everything's good. And it's, I wish I had realized that there's so it's it's not just the six pack. It's not just my waistline. Mm -hmm. It's it could it could affect my ability to have children. It could affect, um, you know, just overall health. And um, yeah, she's she's big. She harps on me. You know what <laughs> what what if you if you put bad in, how do you expect anything but bad out? And it's it's so, so focusing on that. And, um, you know, I don't know if we want to dive into it, but it's the you know, I've been on a, t a testosterone journey, which so many men in today's society are on, and 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 the ways to correct that are not beneficial to fertility, mm. yeah. and so that's a journey in and of itself. Um, but you know, it, it's it goes back to okay, well, did the the food that I eat or the things that I put in my body send me on that testosterone journey, which now correcting the testosterone journey has affected my fertility journey. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, they, they go hand in hand and I think that they're, they're, they're in a circle with one another. So, but kudos to you guys for getting educated. I mean, yeah. just not living that way and with, yeah. with question marks, but going and talking to people or going and, and figuring things out. I, I do think it's a process. And sometimes, you know, I think our society is built around just, just covering our, our, our mitigating our losses. And so we put things in play technologically to keep us in like, cahoots with the things that we enjoy or want. So like if I said our cell phones are causing bad things to happen, you'd be like, how bad are they? Yeah. <laughs> Do I really have to give up Do my cell phone? Yeah. And then you go, well, you don't have to give up your cell phone if you start injecting your body with this. Yeah. You know, you, you can keep yeah. that both. But now you're putting something in your body that keeps you, you know, just kind of constantly yeah. on a carousel of, 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 of things that keep your body going forward in a society that's so stressful and, and constantly putting things in there. I can tell just personally speaking i can tell when i've gone a while without having like chick-fil-a for example the moment i start eating it i can feel my body changing so if you if you if that's your diet every single day you don't feel the difference but 
because I am prone to go with my kids to Chick-fil-A. I think I had this weekend. <laughs> we love Chick-fil-A. Really. You had a bad chicken. weekend. I had a bad weekend. I was sports. Because you uh, don't normally stressful, eat like stressful, this. So. Hey, if you're stress-eating Chick-fil-A, yeah. you're, you're doing you're a lot okay. better you're than okay. a, a yeah, lot exactly. of people. Like yeah, that's your no, stressor. There was no spoon right. and needle involved. I was not that stressful. I was, I was just Chick-fil-A. But you still feel, feel this like chemical. I feel like this is almost a confessional for you, too. It is. You still feel this chemical. All I'm saying is I can feel my body changing. I, it's, not a, it's not like when I have... Uh, you know, salad or something just no, normal. You can feel those ingredients. Okay, I want to talk about something because we're gonna wrap up. Um, we thank you for the conversation on fertility, <laughs> and I'm not just saying this. I absolutely believe you guys have a story to tell. So, yeah. thanks for allowing us to tell part of that story today. And I would love for y'all to come back on uh, when you have to um, to tell a story. That's that's that third act. You know, yeah. you can come back with with celebrating yes. uh, your, your family. family and in the future of your family. Uh, but, but Brittany, you have an organization I want to talk about for just, a, for, for just a minute to tell people about your women's ministry, what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called She Lives Freed and it's a women's ministry that I started in 2020. I feel like the Lord gave me this vision. I, it was, I, I gave my life to the Lord in 2019 and I started getting these visions, I had no idea what they were. I was like, why am I seeing these things in the day? And it was a, it was a vision. And so I started praying into that. The Lord told me to go in October of 2020 and from there, started doing women's retreats, and it was just beautiful watching women come from all across the country and giving their life to the Lord. And, um, you know, when you, you start a women's ministry, you think that it's going to be like women sitting in a circle and, you know, pajamas with a cup of coffee, fun things. Mm -hmm. And it actually pivoted in October of 2021. Yeah. Is that October 2021? Yeah, it pivoted. And from there, it really started becoming deliverance. And mm -hmm. women were coming with, you know, things that I struggled with, like alcoholism, depression, anxiety, sexual sin. And, and I was watching them encounter Jesus in a way that I had never seen before. I had experienced it, mm -hmm. but I'd never seen it on someone else. And they were walking away completely set free. Wow. And um, yeah, so that's where it, the Lord gave me the name She Lives Freed. And mm -hmm. I didn't really understand what, what that, that was mm -hmm. until we realized like this is actually a deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, what we do. We host retreats and we have women come from all across the country. I think we've had a couple fly internationally yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so beautiful to watch and it's just an honor to steward it. So mm -hmm. yeah. That's really good. And so how often do you have the retreats? Yeah. So we've had 12, 12, 12 events. We've had 11 retreats, one uh, conference and we're actually having our next one the end Broken of this Bow, year. Yeah, Broken Bow in Texas. So we have okay. actually had two in Broken Bow and or one in Broken Bow. One yep. in Broken Bow. Yeah. And all the other ones have been local in the DFW area. Okay. So the next one, the the location is T B D, but mm -hmm. it'll most likely be in October, November of this year. Oh, and good. we're we're actually actively working on details for it. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, good. Well I think it's important, you know, the the world we live in to connect with good people who are serving. I mean we have a uh, obviously our daughter's almost seven, almost seventeen. I love that you're a role model for women and women coming up. I, I see I see you on Instagram, uh, on my marriage account. I, I follow a bunch of different people, but I follow you as well. And you do a good job. I think I even sent her a video about what if we treated our Bibles like our iPhones. You know, oh, working yeah. out. That was really good. That was good. Yeah. It just it just you're you're correlating scripture with I think what a woman, especially a young woman, needs to know to live a successful life as a Christian and a believer. In, in our culture. So, so great job there. And then if obviously you're doing something for women, it helps them kind of get through difficult seasons yeah. and get better and, and remain healthy. And then on the other end, help other women 
uh, I just wanted to highlight that. So, Thank so great you. job on on the She Lives Freed organization. Beyond that, so tell me about the influencer kind of role you're in. What does that look like? What's your vision for the next five, ten years of your life, and how you're? Yeah, we're, we've actually been talking about this. It's just it's wild because the Lord has done so much in my life in the last five years. I just had my five year rebirth day where I encountered Valentine's the Day. Lord. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and really? so that was really special, really sweet, and. I had no idea. Like, if you would have told me 10 years ago I was going to be in ministry, I'd have been like, that's a good joke. Like, there's <laughs> literally no way. And just seeing what he has done, it, it's it's hard to know where he's taking me, right? But it's such an honor to steward and speak into the younger generation. There's such a need for it. Mm-hmm. I actually had no idea that I had younger followers until about a year ago. Yeah. And um, we get approached a lot in public, as I'm sure you guys do as well. And it's it's been a lot of younger girls, teenagers, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, they're so precious to me. Like mm-hmm. I just want to like love on them because I've been that age, you yeah. know. And I I never had that older sister. I never had that older role role model to look up to. And so for me to answer your question, I I just want to continue being a voice for the younger generation. I'm so passionate about Gen Z. I think mm-hmm. statistically speaking, Gen Z is is the lowest believing generation, like mm-hmm. in, in the Lord. And I'm like, there's there's something about Gen Z that there's revival coming. I truly believe that where they're just going to start flocking to Jesus by the thousands. And I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I when I was young, I, I spent way too much time in the world and just trying to find answers and filling voids with this and that. And, and Jesus, it's, mm-hmm. it's got to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we love... from a, And from the Gen Z perspective, from a marriage perspective, is if they're the lowest believer, lowest rate of believers, then they're going to be more susceptible to yeah. not understanding what a marriage between a man and a woman looks like, yeah. Yeah. Gonna, you know, the, the nuclear family and they're going to be continue. And so, um, I think as a couple, that's one of the things that we're passionate about is that younger generation mm-hmm. of like, Hey, this is what, this is what the Lord had in store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is what the world's telling you, but this is what the Bible says. And yeah. it is cool. It is fun because everything has to be hip these days yes. and trendy and mm-hmm. I don't even know what all the new lingo is but yeah we're just anything dating and Brent marriage does. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I can give you uh, so there's Riz there's I don't even know if I should cap. say this cap yeah cap bussin, bussin. Uh, bussin. my son says bet all the drippy. time drippy drippy wow you look drippy Oh, thank you. He's a sixth grader, so I mean, like, it's a good thing. Okay. Any any middle school parties you're going to, this will get you right up to the top of the the food chain. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's good. I think you do have influence. That's that's the terminology uh, used uh, in in a wide landscape of not just national but international. uh, You know, there's there's so many people connected to you and because he's on social media. He's invisible right now on social media, but <laughs> you bring him on there. You, y'all y'all, y'all do, do stuff together. I would just say that because we, we believe that the tide is turning and the future, like 20 years from now, I want to look back and say, because we're EXO is trying to affect culture for the 20s and 30-year-olds, now 20, 30 years later, our stats are changing, right? So yeah. more people are wanting to get married. The, the marriage rate is, is declining so I want more people to get married. The divorce rate is also kind of in a weird zone. You know, I want the divorce rate to decline. I want the marriage rate to go up, the divorce rate to decline. And I want parents to, to stay together for their kids in a two-parent household. There is a reason why kids are better off in a two-parent household. It's no mystery. But it's almost taboo to say that, to mm-hmm. say, like, 
because people say, well, a single mother or a single father is just as important. They are, but societally, a kid is better off with both parents at home. It's just the, it's just the facts. It's not knocking anybody, but I'm trying to get people to... Hel- healthy parents. Yeah. Healthy parents, yeah, mm-hmm. in yeah. a healthy home. And so for our society, for young people com- coming into a, a marriage, they're just overwhelmed. It's like, I already have friends that are divorced. How is this going to work? I don't have any role models. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to do. Hopefully, EXO can kind of be a little bit of a, of a platform to help introduce... Yeah. content, but also introduced people to, you know, groups like what y'all are doing and uh, to your platforms because seeing y'all together happy is a testimony to a lot of people. Yeah. They, they don't see that all the time in their home life. Mm-hmm. And even though it's on Instagram, just subconsciously them watching you two. I saw another clip of y'all. Y'all were dancing in the parking lot and all the words on the, <laughs> the screen uh, talking about our date night the other night. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like that was a recent post. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that that's, it, it starts to seep into people's heads. And then when you have all the nonsense out there that's counterbalancing that, you know, it, it is a quantity thing. If we can get yeah. more people on board with encouraging young couples to get married, then you start to change the, the trajectory of, of where we're headed as a society. So I'm passionate about it. I think you guys are doing a great job doing it. Thank you. And I um, want to encourage you in that. So thanks for being on Exo Live today. Coming yeah. over. Thank oh you my for gosh. Having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It's an honor. Yeah, the Exo Conference as well. It was great to see you at the Exo Conference. Yes. And hope you come hope back we, and, yeah, and join us again. Oh my gosh. We can't wait for the next one. Thanks yeah. for watching everyone on Exo Live YouTube. And if you have any questions for us again, you can put them in the comment section. We always put those in, in the future shows if you have questions for us. And uh, if you're on YouTube, Make sure you smash that like button. (laughs) Hit the subscribe button. That little bell there, that's for notifications. I feel cool saying that kind of stuff. But also, um, I'm at marriage on Instagram. Uh, Brittany Don Nelson, what's your handle? Uh, Real Brittany Don. Real Brittany Don. Mm -hmm. The Real Brittany Don, yes. Not not the. And uh, Jordan, you can find him on. uh, Nowhere. Nowhere. Real Brittany Don. Yeah, Real Brittany (laughs) Don. And so, thanks for watching, everyone. Hope you uh, check out exomarriage.com for all your needs as well. Take care. Bye-bye.